Well done, Shane. Good morning, everyone. Happy 2018. Uh, I must say, like, just coming in today, it was so nice just to see everyone, you know. And um, I just uh, just seeing some of the faces that we missed over the last few weeks. You know, a lot of people take a lot of time off in December, even Jan. So it's just great as the community starts to come back together to connect again. I just thought, like, um, I was getting a little sentimental this morning, just seeing people. So I just thought, actually, um, Ms. Schlope, could I ask you to stand quickly? Um, it's your first time here today. Am I, am I right? So uh, this is Eugene's mom, and Eugene was leading worship for the second time today. I thought you did incredibly well. You and Paul had like an incredible thing going together. I just want to say your boy is such a blessing in this church, you know. He serves amazingly well, and I I just want to honor you for the way you've invested into him and raised him and loved him, because he is a blessing to so many people here and way beyond here at the school he's at and so many things. So can we give um, Slope a round of applause? The other person I wanted to just highlight is it's Marika's 45th birthday today. And um, I know we don't always do the birthday thing. I'm sorry if it's your birthday and I don't know. I know that sucks. But um, Marika was here bright and early, I don't know, 8, 8.30, serving. I come say hi to her and I missed that it was her birthday. And then one of her daughters came to me and just said, it's, it's my mom's 45th today, which was so cool. Just want to honor you for being here, just serving the church on your birthday. You and Christo are an amazing, amazing blessing here. And uh, just like a third, this is maybe even more sentimental. Mr. Uh, Hasty, why don't you stand up quickly? A lot of you guys won't recognize this guy because he just never comes here. But um, <laughs> he does live in London, so he's got a bit of an excuse. But Grant is one of the founding members of this church. I think he was at our second or third Sunday or something like that. And um, really kind of came to faith in our church, which is a cool thing. So it's wonderful to have you back here and just visiting and uh, We love you lots, dude. So I'm sure there's probably a lot of other people I could highlight or whatever it is, but this is a wonderful group of people that God is joining together. If you are visiting us and looking in, um, I really trust that God would bless you today and at the start of this year, and that 2018 would be an amazing year for you, you know? So I I want us to start this year right. Last year, I had a moment with two of my good friends, two guys who love Jesus, who love the church, are in their church, leaders in their church, serving their butts off, and I don't get to see them too often because they live in a different place, and I was a little bit surprised chatting to them, just like how down they seemed to be, you know? These guys seemed particularly tired and flat and drained, but it wasn't just tiredness. It was the kind of tiredness which more than like an afternoon nap on the couch or more than a holiday or more than like some fun with friends um, is needed to fix. And I started chatting to them because I was worried, you know, this was like a deeper tiredness, a a soul tiredness. And I was asking them some questions, trying to understand exactly what's going on with them or why they seem so flat. It was honestly like they'd lost their spark. It was like they seemed a little bit hopeless or like their hope had dimmed a little bit. And I was worried. So I asked them some questions, listened to them a bit. And one of them said something like this. I can't imagine life being like this for the next 40 or 50 years. And these are young guys. I was shocked. I was worried, you know. So I shared the verse I want to preach out of this morning with them, Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30. Jesus says in this verse, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I shared this with the guys, and this is a paraphrase of what they said, but one of them said something like this, Grant, we know that, we've tried that, and it doesn't work. 
And I remember feeling like a little bit shocked, you know. We believe that the scriptures are the authoritative word of God. All scripture is God-breathed and useful. And these are the words of Jesus. This is truth. This is life coming out of his mouth. This is the way. You know, if we apply this to our lives, it will change us because it's true, it's real, and it's good. So I was concerned about that, and it started a bit of a process for me of looking at these three verses and just thinking, how does this work? If these guys know this verse, they love Jesus, they're trying to follow him, they, they've like known him for a long time, and they can't find rest, what is Jesus really saying here, or how does this work for us? And I did a little bit of research, and I think probably some of you today are think, thinking, thank you for speaking on this. I'm in that place, you know. I've got this deep soul tiredness, and I need a little bit of help. Or maybe you're coming in here today, and you're energized. You're pumped. You're keen for 2018. I think I should swap mics. What do you think? Sorry, guys. I hate being this guy, but the crackling is going to drive us all insane. So they were, I mean, they were really flat. They were really down. And I think probably some of you are too. Maybe you finished 2017 that way, and you just thought to yourself, oh, I can't find rest. No matter what I try, I come to church on Sundays, I pray, I do all of these things, but I'm deeply, deeply tired. And I know some of you haven't felt that before. Some of you are fine, but maybe even as you start this year with a plan and new habits and new resolutions and energy and faith and all of those things, you get to a point later in this year where something happens, or maybe next year, or maybe the year after, where you start to hit the wall just a bit and you feel that deep soul tiredness and you think, how do I find rest for my soul? I know the verse, I've memorized it, Grant preached on it, but how do I actually do it? So that's what I want to do today. I want us to look at how we can actually find this deep soul rest that Jesus promises. So let me read his words one more time and we'll get into it. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was hanging out with some friends from this church um, a few months ago, and I started to page through a book that was in the back of this car called Thrive by someone named Ariana Huffington. And I started to read a little bit of his story, kind of the introduction, first chapter, or whatever it was, while we were driving around. And it had this amazing story. I don't know if you've heard of the Huffington Post before, but she launched it in 2005, and it had incredible global influence and success. Two years later, she's been working 18-hour days, seven days a week, building this business, getting funding, expanding things putting out fires, dealing with everything she's needed to deal with, and she's tired, you know. She's one of the Time Magazine top 100 most influential people in the world. She's on the cover of magazines. She's got all these speaking engagement requests around the world. She's a role model for men and women everywhere. She's a hero for many people. She's got success. She's got wealth. She's got power. She's got influence. And one night in 2007, she's working from her home office, and she collapses from exhaustion, and she hits the side of her desk, and she cuts her eye, and she smashes her cheekbone, and a few hours later, she wakes up in a pool of her own blood. Not ideal. I'm sure not too many of us in this room would have as dramatic a story as that. But I think probably for some of us, we've asked the same kind of question she started to ask after her accident and injury. She had a lot of time sitting in doctor's offices after this accident and waiting to see specialists and surgeons. And she started to think to herself, what kind of life do I want? You know, is this the kind of life that I want? I've got it all. I've got success, I've got wealth, I'm a role model for many people. People want me to speak, but my life feels out of control. 
And sitting there and waiting and thinking about her life, she realized, firstly, she needed some physical rest. But beyond that, she realized she needed a deeper kind of rest, like a a rest for her soul, the kind of rest where actually she could live the life she was meant to live, but at the same time not find herself passing out from exhaustion and doing harm to her body. And I read uh, this quote on the cover of her book that said this, If you're feeling tired and fed up and wondering if there is more to life, now is the time to read Thrive. And I thought about that for us. You know, I didn't read the rest of the book. I don't know if it's good or not. Like, I'm not recommending it. This is not a punt for Thrive today. But reading that quote, I thought that is exactly what Jesus promises us in Matthew chapter 11. So if we rephrase it, if you are feeling tired and fed up and wondering if there is more to life, now is the time to come to Jesus. It's kind of the promise of Matthew 11 there to find refreshing in him, not just for your life, but a deeper refreshing for your soul, to find renewal and salvation and wholeness and peace and joy, a kind of eternal rest where we know our sins are forgiven, we are right with God, his grace and love have washed over us, we are changed and transformed and can live a life free from trying to prove ourselves to other people, prove ourselves to the people all around us and just be rested and well. And Jesus gives us kind of these four steps here in Matthew 11. He says, come, take, learn, and find. And I want to look at those four ideas today just to help us to find this rest in 2018. Firstly, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus' invitation is to come to him. And this week, um, I decided I was going to fast for two days. And it was great, you know. I did kind of like an easy fast, just a little bit of fruit and veg. I still drank tea and coffee. But I was fasting, so I wanted to kind of consecrate myself to God at the beginning of the year. I wanted to pray. I wanted to seek God. I I was asking God for spiritual power for 2018. And um, some things happened this week. It was kind of busy, a little bit stressful at times. One or two pastoral situations which were a little bit um, weighty. And I found myself both evenings coming home to Shell and saying, Let's just order Steers chips, you know. I was so keen for Steers chips to comfort me and give me like, oh, I don't know, just to make me feel good after the two days I'd had. And it's so ridiculous, you know. I'm fasting to come to Jesus to find rest and faith and power and energy for the year. And as soon as something tough happens, what do I do? I go to food. I go to food. And maybe you're exactly the same. You know, you also had one or two steers drive-bys this week. Or maybe you had a little bit of wine more than you should have because you were trying to comfort yourself. Or maybe you just sat in front of TV all day and just kind of escaped from the day. Whatever it is, Jesus is saying, come to me, don't come to all those other things. And I think we are so trained and used to running to these other options to find rest for our souls because we need rest. And Jesus says, the answer is come to me, come to me. And this isn't a once-off decision, you know. I know probably a lot of us in this room have had that moment where we were in a meeting like this, some kind of church or Christian meeting, and the guy preaching said, okay, do you want to become a Christian? Do you want to be saved? Do you want to be forgiven of your sin? Do you want to be right with God? Pray this prayer, repent of your sin. You will be forgiven, washed clean. And you've experienced that moment where it's like this weight is lifted off your shoulders and the grace and love of God was poured out on you and you felt new. You know, that's a beautiful moment. But this isn't a once-off decision to come to Jesus. This is a daily decision. Okay, Jesus, this morning I'm going to come to you. Tomorrow I'm going to come to you. And throughout the day, deciding again and again, I'm going to come to you. And that's why probably most of us in this room start the day in prayer. We get up a little bit earlier than we need to. Not every day. We get up a little bit earlier than we need to. Maybe have a shower or a coffee, depending on the way you're wired. And just sit with Jesus with our Bibles open, praying, reading, meditating, listening, 
asking God to fill us with grace at the beginning of the day and centering ourselves around Him. Because we want to come to Him every single day and make that decision that He would be our center and our everything. What I find interesting in this passage is Jesus doesn't give us this method or technique. He gives us Himself. He gives us a person. That's His answer to this deep soul restlessness that so many of us find so often. Jesus is our rest. And as we go through the scriptures and read all sorts of different passages, we see he's not just our rest. Jesus is our daily bread. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our everything. And he's inviting us. He's saying, come to me at the beginning of 2018. Come to me to find those things that you so desperately need. Don't look in all of the places you're used to looking at. Jesus is saying, like a sick person needs to go to a doctor or a thirsty person needs to go to get water, for weary people, like probably all of us in this room, we need to come to him to find rest. So where are you with Jesus at the start of 2018? Maybe I can give four categories and you can place yourself. The first is exploring Christ. I think maybe some of you are here today because actually at the beginning of the year, you realize, actually, I want to do something for my soul, or I want to do something spiritually, or you know what, I've looked into church before, but I actually think there might be something more to this Jesus thing than what I know. So in 2018, I want to really give this a proper look. We would love to serve you and help you to find out more about Jesus and get to know whether you can give him everything and make him your Lord. Or maybe secondly, you're in the growing in Christ zone. Uh, And we had a lot of people last year or a bunch of people who became Christians, who crossed the line of faith, people who got baptized, people who started a journey with Jesus. And I remember what that was like for me. You know, I'd been to church maybe 10 times in my life before I became a follower of Jesus. And I remember those days being so excited because I knew nothing, you know. I'd never read the Bible for myself, so every preach was a new text, new passage I'd never heard. Every week I was learning new stuff. Every ch- uh, time I got together with people from the church, we were discussing God's stuff because I wanted to learn. You know, I was hungry for more of Him. So I had all these questions, sometimes inappropriate, hard, awkward questions, because I just wanted them answered and I wanted to learn more stuff. And maybe you feel like you're in that place now. You're growing in Christ. Everything is new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Or maybe you're in the third zone. You're kind of close to Jesus, you know? You've been learning about him for a long time. You've been following him for a while, and you're close to him. He's a really important part of your life, but he's only one of the important parts of your life. And then probably the fourth and final zone that I want to give you today is Christ-centered. You know, Jesus is everything to you. He's your everything. He's at the center of your decisions. He's at the center of your work life. That's one of the reasons we want to do this Every Good Endeavor series, to put Jesus at the center of our working lives. He's at the center of your sexuality. He's at the center of how you use money. He's at the center of all of the big and important things of life. Christ is there. He is the sun around which our lives orbit. Are you in that box? Or where do you find yourself today? Because we as a church would love to serve you this year and help you to kind of go forward, you know, take your next steps to get into more and more of Jesus. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like to come to Jesus in the place that you're in and to take your next step? Secondly, after Jesus calls us to himself, he asks us to do something. He asks us to take his yoke upon ourselves. So I got very creative this week. I went on to Google, and I looked up some yokes. So I'm going to ask Rowan just to put up the first picture for you guys to get an idea of what a yoke is. Looks like a pretty heavy and gnarly thing. Hey, can you put up the next picture, Rowan? 
Those bulls look serious, eh? You wouldn't want to mess with those oxen at all. And the third and final one, those guys, that looks like a real weight. They're plowing the field there. And probably for a lot of us, those are the pictures we think of when we think of yoke, you know? Oxen carrying this wooden crossbar over their shoulders so they can work together to plow a field. And that is fully true, and we'll talk about that a little bit more just now. But Jesus is also speaking about what the Jewish people would know as obedience to God. So for people who are part of the uh, Jewish faith at that time, they would speak of being yoked to God's law or being yoked to God's kingdom. And for rabbis or kind of the spiritual leaders and teachers at that time, what they would often do is they would call their disciples to come to them, like Jesus does there, and to take their yoke of teaching upon you. So the way that they interpreted the scriptures, the teaching that they had, take that upon your life and live it out and apply it to your daily, everyday, 24-7 lives. But in Jesus' day, this had become very legalistic and very strong and very heavy. And he describes kind of the situation that was going on with the Pharisees in Matthew 23, verse 4, where he says, They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. Saying these leaders are hard taskmasters. And maybe you've been to a church like that before, you know, where every Sunday you came excited about God, excited to be with the community of faith, and then someone got up to preach, and they preached this message, and you left there feeling heavy, got more to do, more stuff I'm not doing well, you feel beat up, you feel like a failure, you feel discouraged, because this faith thing is such a heavy weight on your shoulders, and no one is doing anything to help you with it. Maybe that's your experience, either in the church, or in a different faith background, or a different religion that you might have been part of. But into that context, Jesus says, come to me and take my easy and light burden upon you. It's pretty amazing, eh? I think what's key here is that we get Jesus isn't just speaking to a religious community. He's speaking to all people, religious and non-religious. Because there aren't just religious burdens. All of us know that there are other burdens which are incredibly heavy to carry in our lives. And I want you to think about that for a second. What are you yoked to? What is it that you have joined your life to with one of those bars that Rowan put up? What are you joined to and connected to? Because those things that make you feel heavy and burdened and weighed down are the kind of things that fill you with this deep soul restlessness. Any of those things can become that kind of Pharisee, you know, that is tying up these heavy weights and putting them on your shoulders and weighing you down like that hard taskmaster. So I wanted to give you two pictures maybe to illustrate that just a little bit more. And we'll use the oxen because I think that's probably a clear way to do it. So I want you to picture, firstly, the hard and heavy yoke. This would have been the yoke that Ariana Huffington was tied to. You know, she's working hard, success, career, power, influence, wealth. She's yoked to or joined to that thing, and it is slowly killing her. So I want you to picture you're an ox in the field. And you get yoked to this other ox and you begin to to work. The farmer comes to you and he's got like this really long list of what you're meant to do, the detail of how you're meant to plow this field, do it to the edges, the, the depth of each furrow that you're meant to dig, how wide across they're meant to be, all of the detail of what you're meant to do. And he's tough. And you begin to plow thinking, it's going to be a tough job. And this other ox that you're plowing with, the one that you are joined to, all of a sudden hops onto your back and starts to whip you. They're standing on you and they're saying, work harder, do more, try better. And they're going into detail about the things you're meant to be doing and are not doing very well. doesn't sound like a great plowing situation. But they're beating you, they're clopping you and really discouraging you, telling you, you know what, there are better oxes out there. I have known better oxes who could dig a better furrow than you, a deeper furrow, a more perfect straight furrow than you. What are you doing? You're a useless ox and you just feel, I'm discouraged, you know. 
And maybe that's what you're feeling at the moment. You realize you are joined to or yoked to something which is being really hard on you, making you prove yourself and work hard to show I've got what it takes. But constantly you feel discouraged and burdened and weighed down by this heavy yoke and hard burden. Because the reality is all of us are yoked to something, but the thing that we join ourselves to could become a very heavy burden. So we need to choose wisely what that'll be. The second picture is of the light and easy yoke of Jesus. So I want you to picture you've been in the field, you've been plowing, that bull oxen has been on your back whipping you. And all of a sudden the farmer says, okay, the work is done, comes and inspects, says, now you can go to that other field over there and you can start plowing. And you get to this field and you're tired. You're sweating, you're dripping, you know you need a little bit of a rest, but you've got another field to work. And now, all of a sudden, you are yoked to Jesus, a different ox. And Jesus looks at you and says, you know what, you're looking pretty tired, man. Like, I am, you wouldn't believe. He's like, why don't we take a rest? You go, I don't have time for that. We've got we've to get this field done. The farmer's coming back, he's got all these details, we've got to get it perfect. Jesus says, no, no, I've done all the work. You're like, what? It's like, yeah, I've finished it all. And you go and you inspect because you don't believe Jesus. Jesus says, no, 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 I've done it already. And you, you measure the furrows. You look, it goes all the way to the edges. Jesus says, it's all done. Let's go lie in the shade, drink some ox lemonade. You can put your feet up and we can take a rest. I think you need it. And you wake up from your sleep to this farmer shouting. Farmer's furious. Why are you lying under the tree? There's work to be done. There's plow, uh, fields to be plowed. There's things to be planted, all of this. And you jump up and you're shaking and you're quaking and you're fearful. You're trying to think of excuses for why you're not working. And then Jesus steps up and he says, but farmer, it's all done. It's all done. The field is plowed. Farmer says, nonsense. You couldn't have done it in this time. He says, it's all done. You can check. And the farmer goes to the edges and he sees, okay, plowed all the way to the edges, and he gets out his little laser pointer and his ruler, and he starts to measure the furrows. Everything that he wanted to check that you might have done wrong is perfect to the T. Perfect. Jesus has done it all. And after going through his checklist, the farmer realizes it's fine. And he goes and he says, fine, it's good. And he huffs and puffs and leaves after checking out the field. And you and Jesus can go back to sleeping under the tree and enjoying that oxen lemonade. But that is the reality of what it means to be yoked to Jesus for us. And to live in the truth of the uh, finished work of the cross. You know, it is done. It is finished. He's done it all already. So we don't need to stress about the most important things in life. We don't need to live for other people's approval. We don't need to try harder. We don't need to prove ourselves. Because Jesus has already done it all perfectly. Perfectly to the T. He's lived the perfect life that all of us should live. And he's died the death that we deserve to die for us and in our place. So when God sees us now, he sees us as perfect because we are yoked to Jesus and the work is complete and perfect. Jesus has done it all and it's all credited to our account. Some pretty good news there. I think what's so key is as we leave here today, you know, some of you probably start work tomorrow. Maybe you've got another week of leave. Enjoy it. But we're all going to go back into work. We're going to go back into a new year. Some of us are going to have a hectic year. This might be the hardest year of your life. Work might be tougher, more demanding, more burdensome than it's ever been before. And you might fail this year. Have you thought about this? Like this year, you might not get that promotion you've been working hard for. You might not get that new job you desperately wanted. You might fail the class you've been struggling to pass university. You put in all the work and you fail. Or there might be a girl or guy that you've been trying to get together with and they reject you. Or your dream, the thing you've been trying to pull off the ground, you finally get it going and it completely tanks. That could happen this year. 
Sorry if this isn't like a lighthearted feel-good moment. But the good news of this is that our identity isn't found in all of those things, you know? We are yoked to Jesus, and even if you fail, all of those other taskmasters around, all of the things we used to yoke ourselves to that were hard and burdensome, even if we fail all of those, Jesus says, you've passed. I'm pleased with you. I approve of you. The work is done perfectly. And in God's eyes, we are loved and approved of. I want you to think for a second. Are you yoked to the right partner right now? What is it that you are yoked to at the start of 2018? Maybe there's two things that we need to do. Firstly, some of us need to take off some yokes and put on Jesus' yoke. Probably the best test that you can do right now, if you're not sure what you're yoked to, is to think, what actually makes me feel tired? What makes me feel drained or burdensome or flat at the end of the day? Because that is probably the thing that we are yoked to rather than Jesus. Some of us are yoked to a whole bunch of stuff, and Jesus is just one of the yokes. But at the start of this year, it would be so good for us to take off these yokes and to put on His light and easy yoke. And secondly, some of us in this room haven't come to Jesus, you know? We're Jesus adjacent. We're near to Jesus, you know? We're close enough to the action to see Him, to know about Him, to know His teachings, to know His message, but we're not close enough to Him to be changed or transformed. We're not close enough to Him to find the rest that we so desperately need and the rest that He offers to us. I think maybe you've come to church before or you've come to Christianity before or you've come to a Christian friend before, but you haven't come to Jesus Himself. And maybe at the start of this year is this moment where you would say, I'm going to take the yoke of Jesus upon me and I'm going to start to learn from his teachings and live them out. And that's the third thing he says there, is to learn. Jesus doesn't just invite us to come to him as an ox who will carry the yoke with us. He invites us to come to him as a rabbi with a certain set of teachings that we would learn from him and we would live them out. And this is probably one of the key ideas in this passage here, is if we want the rest that Jesus offers, then we have to live out the teachings of Jesus because that is what we are called to. That's what we're designed for, you know. We can't keep living the way that we have always lived and expect different results. We're getting the things we're getting because we're not living according to Jesus' way and teaching. We're living according to a different worldview, a different ideology, a different way, and it's slowly wearing so many of us down. Would you come to him and take his yoke upon you and learn from his teachings? And I just thought practically, maybe the two best ways that you could grow and learn Jesus' teachings this year is firstly, commit to the community of the church. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And there is something about a community of faith like this that sharpens us and sharpens us to become more like him and to live out his ways, you know? The reason we exist, Harbor City, is to do this, the thing we're talking about today, to help people come to Jesus and take his yoke upon them and learn from his ways. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing. And I want to encourage you to live that out, to help the people in this room, to help the people in your office, your friends, your family, those around you, to come to Jesus and to find the peace and the promise and the grace and the salvation that he offers, to come to him, to encourage one another in this room with your words, with your prayers, with your texts, with your life. You know what I was thinking about? For each one of us to live out Jesus' teachings in such a way that we could be this visible demonstration of what he is talking about. 
That has been so helpful to me as a Christian. There's some people who are a little bit further along the way, spending time with them and something I maybe didn't understand. I see them embodying in front of me, flesh and blood, the teachings of Jesus lived out. And it helps me to reference down the line, how do I handle this? I remember how they did. I remember what they said. I remember how they acted in that situation and to act that out too. Can we be living Bibles for other people to learn the teachings of Jesus from? Can we pray for one another? Can we challenge one another? Ask one another some tough probing questions, at times that are a little bit tough, which actually help people to put Christ at the center of our relationships and how we handle money and how we handle work and sexuality and decision-making, everything that is a part of life. We need the community of Jesus to teach us his ways. Secondly, we really need to engage with God personally through the scriptures and prayer. It's maybe a little heavy to drop here, but each of us is personally responsible for our relationship with God. Each of us is personally responsible for our relationship with God. I know that's true for Shell and I, you know. I'm personally responsible for how well our relationship is going. And there is a ton of stuff that I can do to help develop that relationship and make it strong. But ultimately, it comes down to us spending time together and connecting and getting closer. And for each of us in this room, it's the same thing with Jesus. We're personally responsible to develop this relationship and make time and to put him first. And I just thought maybe for you, that's a new habit to develop this year. You're not used to reading the scriptures. You're not used to praying. Earlier when I said most of the people in this room get up earlier to pray and spend time with God, you thought, sheesh, that's a new idea. That's so cool. Maybe you can set your alarm a little bit earlier tomorrow morning and wake up a bit earlier and spend some time with him and speak to him and listen to what the Spirit is saying and read the scriptures and let God fill you with grace at the start of each day. I know a lot of people in this church have started to use the Read Scripture app on their phones. It's a really helpful tool for many of you to understand the Bible better and also to read through the Bible daily. I encourage you to get that. There's also the YouVersion app. I've uh, seen on kind of their front page a lot of people doing the different reading plans. You might be going through a phase where you're thinking about love, maybe courage, maybe work. You can kind of find a different reading plan to go through that helps you focus in on those themes. They might be great for you. Or maybe for you, you need to save up and buy a study Bible. This is the year that you invest into a good Bible. It's got some good notes at the bottom. And as you read through those passages and you have no idea what is going on, you can pray and go to the bottom and look a little bit, get a bit more understanding about that passage. But we need to make time regularly to come to Jesus and to learn his ways. And finally, you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and you will find rest. It's a promise. I think for a lot of us here, we should be encouraged that this is not an earning thing. This is a finding thing. Now, if this was an earning thing, we probably don't deserve the rest of God. You know, this is an earning thing. We probably would need to do a lot more and try a lot harder But this is a finding thing. This is a seeking thing, which I so love. It's like Jesus is saying, the rest is yours. It's offered. It's here for you. You can take it. But so many of us don't actually do what he's calling us to do and seek it and find it, you know. Probably for a lot of us in this room, we're not living according to what Jesus says here in Matthew 11. So we're not finding the rest that he promises us. But if at the start of this year, we would start to put these simple things in place and started to seek him, we would find the rest that we so desperately need. Why don't we stand together?
Can I ask you to close your eyes if you're comfortable with that? If we want to be a people who find deep soul rest, we need to be a people that come to Jesus. And we just want to make a little bit of time to respond to him and to what he's saying and just see what he would speak to us today. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to worship. If you're sitting there and you need to respond to what I've shared today, you're welcome to come forward. We'd love some of our leaders just to speak with you, pray with you, encourage you. But Jesus, I thank you at the beginning of this year for the promise that you offer to all of us. I thank you that you offer us the deep rest that we so desire. And I invite you here, Holy Spirit, right now, just to come upon us and to fill us, to refresh us, to energize us. Lord, some of us are so close to you. Some of us feel so far from you. I pray even now you would reveal yourself to us in a new and fresh way. I pray you would pour your grace and love upon us. I pray even now we would take some yokes off of ourselves and we would feel burdens lifted and we would feel light and we'd feel free. I pray, Lord, even now you'd reveal some of the yokes that we are trusting in and that we are clinging to rather than to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would actually help us to let go of some of those to take hold of the yoke that you promise. I pray for those who are like Ariana Huffington. We are living for something that is killing us. That even today, that you would reveal that to us. Open our eyes, help us to see, and help us to begin the journey of rebuilding our lives with you at the center. Would you come and help us, Jesus, we pray. Amen.